Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Welcome back to season four. Is it season four? Yeah. Because I, I said season five on the other. We filmed an episode already and I said season five and she was like, it's season four. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to season four. Very exciting times. It is exciting. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. I can't know <laughs> I just can't not I don't know I said in my video that I filmed the other day that like eye watering is like a, a personality trait now and I have that personality trait so <laughs> and I haven't had to wear like strip lashes in so long so now I'm like and now it's it's <laughs> the stakes are much higher yeah because yeah. like I'm gonna like pop a lash off yeah oh god anyway. it's like my eyes like sting looking into your like watery watery eyes oh your makeup's really pretty today thanks you're welcome anyway <laughs> let's get it together Alyssa um yeah, welcome back, you guys. We had, uh, I would like to say, a productive month off, but I don't know that that's the case. <laughs> well, you've been very productive. Your island is killing it. Thank you. We should talk about Animal Crossing. And yes, I have been very productive in Animal Crossing. <laughs> how, how many, if you're comfortable sharing, how many hours have you logged on Animal Crossing? The last time I checked, it was 110. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at now. How many? Okay, so 110. So that's 48 would be two days, 88. Hold on. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to just go 110 yeah. divided by 24? I want to see how many full days you've spent on that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so 4.5 days. All right. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that crazy. It's really not that crazy. <laughs> but when you think about how many like waking hours there are, it's like yeah, that's, that's true. That's you a know. lot. But yeah. hey, are you happy? Yeah, I think it's like kind of a motivating factor for me because I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be like, okay, I have to like do something <laughs> so yeah. that I can like, you know, I've I've earned Animal Crossing <laughs> that's and then a, I feel good. Yeah, that's what I had to do because I got it after Sam pressured me for like, I don't even know. She was like really on me about it. Sam's not usually that on me about things other than quitting my job. That was the other one. But she was on me <laughs> about the Animal Crossing and uh, I finally got it. And then I quickly realized that I would have to get all of the shit I have to get done in the day before I pick up my switch. Yeah. <laughs> but then it makes it like that much more like satisfying when you can yeah. like really like gear down and be like, I fucking deserve this, you know? Yeah. yeah. I really hurt my wrist boxing though. And so like having to move that thing, it's just kind of like you got to like invest your time. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to prioritize your physical exercise, animal crossing. I just don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's just sort of like you either take it seriously or you don't. And... Yeah. You know, clearly I'm know. just, I'm not as, uh, uh, what is that called? Medicated? Yeah. My brain has shut off. Uh, <laughs> dude, there's nothing to do or think about lately. So yeah, <laughs> the thinking words are hard. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to come back and give you guys kind of an update of, you know, how we've been feeling, what we've been doing, what's going on in the world, that sort of thing. So that's today's episode is like a what's up episode. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it low key. Yeah. Um, we wanted to give some updated COVID-19 stats. 
when we recorded our podcast talking about it, I think we, it was at 175,000 cases or around there. Mm. Um, and now we're at 2.8 million confirmed cases. Today is April 26th while we're recording this. 193,000 deaths, um, 213 countries, areas, or territories with cases. Yeah. So that's where we're at now. Yeah. It's, it's hard because I feel like all you see online, obviously, because it's the, the, I would argue the most significant thing going on in my life right now. Modern history. Yeah. I would even go so far as to say. Yeah. Um, it's all you see online. And so it's kind of like, do we touch on it or do we create a space that like isn't surrounding it? But it's just, it's almost impossible for me not to talk about it because it, it literally is affecting everyone. Yeah. And it is, it's been crazy because the confrontational side of me kind of like left me when I blossomed into this new like intentional human being and then really <laughs> flourish <laughs> as COVID-19 spread. So did Alyssa's Confrontation. confrontational personality. Oh, I, I just can't like stop myself basically. Like I'm not going out there and like picking fights, so to say, but even, hey, hey. I, well. when I see something, an injustice being done, I justify <laughs> I step in. (laughs) But honestly, the biggest debates that I've gotten into are within like, not my immediate friend circle, but like friends of, of like greener pastures. That's not the right thing to say, but that's what came to my mind. Okay. (laughs) But like people that I used to be friends with, like in high school and stuff like that. And it's just crazy to me because I I guess like none of us will ever truly know what's going on in our governments or like whatever, unless we're in our government. Like that's because that's a big thing. A big conspiracy, I feel, is that people are saying that this was um, blown out of proportion by the media or is like a conspiracy within the government or it's not as big of a deal as people are making it seem. And, you know, even though I'm on the side of I do think it's an extremely big deal, (laughs) I can uh, I can entertain those thoughts and you know, yeah. think, you know, think about it on their side as well. Um, regardless, I mean, you, you're never really going to know. So what I go by is the facts that are being given to me by sources that I trust. Yeah. Um, and like I said, in our COVID-19 podcast episode, um, I do trust the World Health Organization. And um, I like to look to the CDC for information as well. And a lot of the things that people are saying that really like actually pisses me off is like people really have grabbed onto this it's not as bad as the flu thing and I don't understand why I don't know um who I think it might have been that a member of government I'm trying not to like make this a political thing um it gets political (laughs) I mean (laughs) when you have someone like a a significant world leader telling you to inject disinfectant into your body yeah it's just that's hard not to make it a little bit political yeah true um that doctor actually came out and um not defended but like elaborated on that a little bit as well saying that to elaborate well they were saying that he had he was like speaking out loud and ingesting new information Mm -hmm. on the go sort of thing trump was yeah that (laughs) that's what i read about it and again like within the media it's hard to say like what's true and what's not but yeah I mean, I did watch that and I was like, oh, <laughs> did you see? Oh, my God. Did you see the um, mayor of Las Vegas? No. Horrific. OK, so the mayor of Las Vegas was doing uh, an interview with Anderson Cooper and he she she wants to like open up all the casino floors and stuff like that and like have like the strip like basically 
like up and running right because her main that's huge for their economy oh massive and so he was saying like do you honestly think that that's like responsible like do you think that that's right for like all these people and she was like um she was saying that she uh like basically offered up the city of las vegas um as (laughs) like a control group and and they were like no absolutely not and she was like i offered and they said no and he was like you offered up your citizens as a control group and she was like no 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 don't take my words out of context and he he, she, he was like what are you what are you talking about that's what you just said that you offered them up as a control group um, what does that mean sorry that that she was saying like we'll be the control group against like um against like let me just pull up the thing how about that okay so what she was saying is that she offered um up the idea of las vegas workers becoming a control group in an experiment to determine the effectiveness of social distancing measures and it's just like okay so you're putting your like everyone's (sighs) lives on the line basically to be a control group um and then at one point anderson cooper said like so are you going to be out there on the casino floors and she was like i have a family That was her response. Is that a quote? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. And, like, she was like, first of all, I have a family. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just, it was an abysmal, abysmal, like, show of how little. And he was, like, saying, like, okay, so your buddies that, like, own these casinos, like, that, like that's basically who you're caping for, pretty much. And she was like, I don't own a casino. And then at one point, he was like, how are you going to, how are you going to make sure that, um, you know, people are going to be properly like social distancing. Like, how are you possibly going to make that? Yeah, police ha- that. Yeah. Well, people are playing blackjack and shit like that and whatever. Yeah. Like, how far could they possibly be from well, this dealer? And not even to mention the fact that like slot machines and stuff like that or like cards, like how, how are you, you going to sanitize them? it? Yeah. yeah, anyway. Well, and um, and she was like, that's not up to me to figure out. I don't own a casino. That's that's up to them. <laughs> And it's just like, okay, so you're not taking any responsibility or accountability here whatsoever. And yeah. you're just completely fine with like the potential of all these people dying um, in the name of science to make sure that does social distancing work? Let's find out. Like, but we're already seeing that because we flattened the curve here in in BC. Yeah. And Saskatchewan's opening back up. Is it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, it sounds like they're doing it like gradually. So they're like, people are allowed to go back to like, um, like dentists and chiropractors and shit like that. And then I think they're going to kind of go from there. Wow. I know. Kinda, That's kind of scary to me. It's scary to me I just don't feel too. like we're ready. I don't feel like we are either. Like, I, I almost feel like, I don't know. I'm obviously not Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, and I, and I don't have all of the facts. But to me, it almost seems like, why wouldn't we just wait until the country as a whole is, you know, in a good place? Because like, Quebec is still having a really hard time. Ontario is still having a really hard time. Yeah. So like, why wouldn't we kind of wait until like everybody? Because we don't know who's traveling from province to province. Well, that's what I was just going to say is the the provincial borders aren't closed. No. So. And it's like, if, if our borders are closed anyways from like other um, countries, then it's like, why wouldn't we like as a country try and like heal and make sure that we're like all in a good place before we start like popping back open in different areas? Because it, it's, my concern is that like then this was all for naught like if there was a second wave because like saskatchewan opened too early then this would have all been like basically a waste of time right and we're all like like everyone's bleeding over this you know what i mean and some people more than others like there's people losing jobs and you know like really struggling to pay bills and there's businesses like just being so heavily affected by this so it's like that's that's in vain if we tell everyone to go back too early and then have to do it all over again and like yeah you know 
Yeah. I don't know. When I just feel like it would probably be like a shorter timeline if we just stuck it out throughout this like first yeah wave yeah and again like we aren't nearly as affected as a lot of other people because we don't have dependents yeah. um you know we're we don't own a business like a well you know what I mean like we don't own a business that has overhead and stuff like that um but I don't really feel like anybody is unaffected like we yeah. we have been affected and I actually like applied for a job online and stuff like that so to make sure because everything is so unpredictable right now Mm -hmm. and so I it is extremely hard and and being in your house and stuff like that and creating this new normal for yourself is it's extremely taxing on your mental health and a lot of people extremely financially taxing but like you said like I just I I think the thing is is like none of us want this no (laughs) you know like even the people who are advocating for it like myself like we think that there's a benefit to it I don't want it I don't want yeah you know my gym but, to but, be that, but that's exactly be it local businesses and stuff and like because you don't want it then like let's just like stick it out get it over yeah. with so that we don't have to do this all over again because if, if there is like a second outbreak I could see it being that we're in for even longer yeah so I'd rather just like do it right the first time yeah exactly but yeah I agree I don't know that does scare me do you know what's interesting <clears throat> um is how uh quickly and like severely New Zealand responded Oh, really? What was their kind yeah, of Yeah, they, well, unfor- I didn't research it enough. That just came to my mind, like, right off the hop. But I was reading that um, some of these countries, like, I know that Australia right now, um, you're not allowed to leave for anything that's not essential. Um, and you can get fined. They kind of had a delayed are. response, didn't they, in Australia? Australia, I'm unsure. I, maybe. But I know that right now, that's what's yeah. going on. Um, and they're really affected because of their uh, ties, like, their ties to China like a lot of their stuff Mm. comes from China um yeah so they were really affected financially as well I mean so much of the supply chain comes from China yeah no kidding yeah yeah um speaking of mental health how do you feel like your mental health is doing through all of this personally I don't I thought that I was doing okay to be honest (laughs) like but I think that that's just me I'm like ain't that always the way (laughs) I thought I was great (laughs) yeah but I you know it just your body tells you differently so my period was seven days late Mm. which is not the norm and um Sam (laughs) Sam and I uh are synced up so when she got hers and I didn't get mine I was like excuse me going on (laughs) (laughs) uh and so that kind of was like a a big red flag for me that my anxiety is like a lot higher than I thought it was and I was getting like like chest pains again and stuff like that and like little heart palpitations and Mm -hmm. um I was like oh this is weird but I was like maybe I'm just like drinking too much coffee or whatever but those are like direct signs of of my anxiety like how my anxiety shows up is like a like fast beating heart like maybe palpitations isn't the right word to use but like irregular heartbeat is what I should say um so yeah I think that my anxiety is like like pretty high um my cortisol levels are probably through the roof uh (laughs) but I don't know like my productivity is pretty low like I don't feel comfortable in front of like the podcast is okay for some reason but maybe it's because we're together but like I don't feel comfortable filming my own videos right now like I feel like I'm tripping over my words like I'm um struggling to come up with like a like full view of the video and stuff like that like I come up here and I just like sit at my computer and I'm like can I edit though (laughs) like I don't know but um I'm trying I signed up for an online like fitness program to keep me accountable for that because that 
is something that like really helps me mentally like when after I work out like I immediately feel more alive and like energized and stuff like that like it really helps me like cope um so that's been helping a lot so I'm trying to like get back into the swing of things but I didn't even realize how much it affected me until like probably like this last seven days or or so yeah how about you oh yeah um I feel similarly like unmotivated I think in the beginning for me um when this all started it was almost more like everything felt inappropriate Mm -hmm. like it felt inappropriate when like people are in the midst of like losing their jobs and like all this uncertainty and you know like some different countries responses um financially to like how they're like supporting their citizens and stuff um it felt like just not appropriate to get on and be like so anyways guys support a vib sale you know like like that just felt really like I don't know like and and so to me it was almost like I just would rather not mm-hmm. <laughs> because nothing feels appropriate and nothing feels like the right thing to say um and then eventually it just kind of got to the point where I was seeing a lot of people tweeting at like myself and other content creators being like we just want to see normal content like we don't want to like talk about it we just want to see normal stuff but for me it was almost like this is so heavy that like I I feel like I need to just call it out like I need to just do a video talking about it so we can be like okay yeah like this is what's going on so I can like get it off my chest and then like move on with my life Mm -hmm. kind of thing um and I get that way about like certain things that are going on for me personally and I'm just like I just need to fucking like tell people like what's up Mm -hmm. and so I did a video talking about like how like like things that I've learned in therapy that I feel like could like help people potentially through this and I felt a lot better after I did that like I felt like okay I feel like I've, I've said what I need to say and I've gotten it out there kind of thing. And I feel like I've like said my piece on it and now I can kind of like move on doing right. whatever. Um, so I'm trying to get back into the motivation swing of things. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm not like a huge anxiety ridden person, but, but I fucking am now. Yeah. <laughs> like going to the grocery store is the worst fucking experience of my life. Like every single time I go to the grocery store, I come home and I'm like so anxious and like I feel physically ill for like an an hour afterwards yeah it's just not I don't know like it's just it's weird like it's it it kind of feels like when I'm in my house especially because I've been working from home for so long I'm it's not it doesn't feel that out of the norm like it's like not this huge like lifestyle change where like I'm going from working in an office with a bunch of people to like at home isolated like this is what my lifestyle typically looks like but when I go out of the house and like see what it actually looks like out there I'm like oh that this is like very real yeah <laughs> and I, I think for me like that's like so unsettling that it's just like I'd rather almost not yeah ever again yeah I get really bad anxiety going to the grocery store as well mostly because I'm so scared to get it yeah because I'm so worried about the fact that I have asthma and that I have a poor immune system and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um so that makes me feel really anxious and I don't enjoy grocery shopping anymore. I used to love grocery shopping. I know. I was just saying I was on a live the other day and I was like, I used to like leisurely grocery shop. And yeah. like now I'm like, ah, like I'm just like picking like random shit off the shelf because I'm like so nervous. Yeah. And I just feel like dirty when I get home. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just like trying to like make sure that I'm scrubbing and like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm concerned basically. Well, and it all, it also feels like so like obsolete in a way because it's like okay I I get home I wash my hands but then I'm touching those same groceries that I washed my hands about Mm -hmm. 
I'm not gonna wash my groceries like some people have been like washing like the yeah. outside of their cereal boxes and shit yeah. but like you know it's like I I just feel like it, it just feels so obsolete like obviously it's not like everyone should be washing their hands but yeah. um I, I don't know yeah it's like hard to everything just feels like tainted or not yeah yeah um well, that's the thing is like, I'm just trying to do everything I can to reduce risk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing for me, even with my veggies and stuff like that, because I am um, like so worried about it. I just won't. I honestly won't eat my veggies until like 48 hours is fast if I can like help oh, really? it. Yeah, just I don't know. Just and I'm, I'm not like trying to be like a, you know, fear monger or whatever. Yeah. But it's just what makes me feel comfortable um, with that. And I don't know. Yeah. It just, it it makes me anxious leaving. And like, even I had to go and get a prescription the other day and they wouldn't refill my birth control because they're in Canada anyway. Um, They're only giving you 30 days of each medication. Um, And because I still have like two weeks of my current package, they, they won't, or I have, I can't remember. But anyway, they said I had to wait another 15 days um, before I could get my birth control. And I was just like, but now like, because I have such bad anxiety, like even going in general, like I had to like work myself up to go to the pharmacy. Um, now I have to come back again. And like, I was able to fill a prescription that day, a different one, but now I have to go back again to get my other one. And I'm just like, ah, yeah. (laughs) And like, I, I understand where they're coming from because of what we saw that specifically with toilet paper, people like stockpiling, stockpiling. And so potentially what people could have been doing is like stockpiling other meds and then eventually would have created a shortage um in the notice that they like gave me or whatever they said that there isn't currently like worry of a shortage but is that because they put this into place early on who knows but it definitely like like sucked (laughs) yeah well and I think that like to me I feel like the same way that our grocery stores are implementing like like most of our grocery stores around here are like two per whatever item mm-hmm. so like you can only get like two things of ch- chicken yeah. <laughs> like whatever so you can only get two of each thing and like I think it should just be similar with medication like no you can't come in and buy like a year and a half's worth of birth control right. but like no it's like it's pretty standard to buy like three months worth yeah. I thought I I think uh, yeah I would agree with that the thing so. that I was talking to my um grandma about as well is um there's like a dispensing fee for pharmacies as well and there's a lot of people that can't afford those dispensing fees because if you get like a, a larger chunk of your medication um like medication that's like you can get you know what I mean it's not like something where you're only allowed so many um normally in in like a normal circumstance um but you you have to pay the dispensing fee each time and so people you know, there's people who can't afford, well, I don't want to pay that anyway, but like there are people who like it would actually like seriously affect. And, um, I was thinking too, like not to mention seniors or like just anybody without, um, family members to like help them out in going to get these medications as well. And like, you know, I think that birth control is an extremely important medication and, um, I think that it's our right to have it, but I was even going like a step further and thinking about like literal life-saving medications like puffers and um, um, like heart medications and, you know, insulin perhaps and stuff like that. And I know that they said that they would make um, exceptions. Yes. Thank you. Exceptions. uh, But they said in very rare circumstances. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's just, I don't know. Ugh. It's it's just so hard to like know what's right and and not like obviously we're not experiencing a drug shortage so great um, but definitely like doesn't 
negate the fact that there are people suffering from that as well yeah well and I think that that's the thing like there's just so much like talk about like what we should be doing what we shouldn't be doing and whatever and obviously like a lot of people are really concerned about um kind of like the state of the economy and where we'll be after this because all these governments are like you know just like funding so much stuff right now um but I just I don't know like I I I just think that like we're obviously trying to navigate something that no one's dealt with before in like our lifetimes. Everyone's just trying to do the best they can, hopefully. <laughs> um, and, and I just think like with, with the economy stuff, it's like I, I understand. And like obviously this is like very like reductive and like simplifying it a lot. But it's just kind of like if we all die, <laughs> there will be no economy anyways. Like right. it's just sort of like it, it it's just what needs to be done right now. So we know that the economy ebbs and flows anyways. Obviously, this is a very, like, yeah. this is an ebb. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, I, I just think, like, what else can be done? But I do – maybe you know about this more the, about this more than I do. Why are they just not, like, ceasing payments on everything? Uh, you know what I mean? So my – I don't – I'm not great <laughs> with economics. Um, but m- – my understanding from history is um, banks <clears throat> banks were closing back, like, when was this? Was this in the 30s? I can't remember. Um, but if eventually, like, if you overlend mm-hmm. and nobody's paying back into it, there there would be nothing for you to pull from. So say, like, like our banks are extremely, like, well, like, supported. So I'm not super concerned about, like, a, a bank crash. But... Um, think about if everybody like pulled out all their money or like wasn't paying their loans or whatever the banks would overlend and then they would have no money say you wanted to pull out like a million of your dollars or something like that to buy something where would they where would it come from they wouldn't have it mm, okay 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 this is like coming together in my mind like, now yeah because like because like you still would be spending money regardless is what you mean yeah like because when you put money into the bank it's now just like a number and then your bank like lens yeah and then they're just like this is the number that we owe you basically yeah and so if they lose all that money because nobody's like bringing anything in and then other people are pulling it out it's like well where the where's the money gonna come from got it again I'm not (laughs) but I remember (laughs) learning something about that in grade 11 history where like um banks were over lending or or people were able to buy damn I wish I paid more attention people were able to buy <laughs> would it really come in handy a decade later yeah people were allowed to buy houses with like a very low down payment or something like that and then everything was getting like repoed and shit like that and then like banks were like falling and I mean I don't think we're there <laughs> yeah not to like scare anybody but I, I feel like that might be why because then all of those companies would then cease to exist if like nobody was paying it back and then they owed money to other people and stuff like that and the thing with um so it's not the best idea and I shouldn't pitch it to Trudeau <laughs> yeah I mean when you have a sit down with him yeah yeah I was gonna call him later but yeah it's fine Just a moment to thank today's first sponsor, which is Skillshare. My main Skillshare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still loving on them. For those of you who don't know, which like if you listen to our podcast, how do you not? Because I'm literally talking about Skillshare constantly (laughs) on my Instagram as well. Um, Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands and thousands of classes that you can take everything from productivity to uh, how to take Instagram photos to Spanish to American Sign Language. There's so many classes that you can take. And what I really love about Skillshare is like you can 
pick it up, put it down at your own pace. Um, you can go as fast as you want. You can even like, um, speed it up. Like when I was learning ASL, because I knew more ASL than like the class that I started with, since I wanted to brush up, I put it at two times speed so that I could do it like give it to me two times. Skillshare. I love that option though, because like some people really like to soak in information and others kind of like to like really have it like blast at them. You know what I mean? I think that's such a cool feature. Yeah. What, uh, what have you been taking lately? What's on your agenda? Okay. So I have actually been taking Spanish for all of those <laughs> who have been really holding me accountable Just for sticking Spanish. through with it. Okay, let me say something. Um, uh, well, now I feel like I'm on the spot. <laughs> I put myself on the spot. Um, to How do you say Skillshare is a proud sponsor of Approachable in Spanish? <laughs> okay, Sam, I'm on intro. Okay. Is that not the first thing that they reference? It should be. Yeah. <laughs> I can say, tú tienes un carro. That means you have a car. I sure do. I'm so sorry for butchering <laughs> that sentence. But it's, hey, I'm getting better. I can say more than hola. Um, How often would you need to use that sentence? Sir? Sir? <laughs> you have a car. Sam, it's the building blocks of me learning this language, okay? okay. <laughs> I can also say, like, you have a son, you have a daughter, which make <laughs> <laughs> come in handy uh I don't know man also I can when you're introducing someone to their long lost son or daughter yeah sure I can I can name what a skirt is well now I'm questioning what that is is it falda I think so uh but un ropa is clothes I love it no una ropa for fuck's sake I'm working on it you guys Anyway, so I am taking Spanish, um, but something that I wanted to add to my little Skillshare repertoire is this Productivity Masterclass. It's by Thomas Frank, um, and it's called Productivity Masterclass, Create a Custom System That Works. I just feel... like my productivity is at an all-time low I can't get like motivated to do things and I know what I need to do and I'm not like actually that anxiety ridden and I'm like not in like a low point I'm just kind of like sitting there blah and I think it's because I'm not like creating a plan do you know what I mean like I'm not using my day planner I'm not like helping myself in any way and I just feel like this like master class situation might give me points and like might reinvigorate my like spice for life right now <laughs> really uh asking a lot of this <laughs> this class i don't think i've ever said spice for life before but like that those, but that's where we're at folks <laughs> yeah so if you guys would like to try out skillshare you can go to skillshare.com approachable and you can get two free months of a premium membership you, that's like it i it astonishes me every time <laughs> you get two months of a premium membership, which means that you can take like a- as many classes as you want. Like if you just wanted to like load up on the info for two months, you could do so for free. So do it. By going to Skillshare.com slash approachable. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Skillshare, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And we love you. Another big thank you to Framebridge for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. So Framebridge is a really cool website where you can upload everything from Uh, original artwork, photos, posters, whatever you want. You upload it to the website. You can choose from a ton of different frames, frames starting from $39, which honestly, when I started framing stuff. I know, it's insane. I was like, this is crazy. Like, it's so expensive, especially for custom frames, for custom sizes, especially if you're making like, you know, (laughs) 
custom how many times can I say custom (laughs) but like custom artwork it's hard to find frames that fit that so it's really cool that they have frames starting at $39 and you can see your artwork in those frames before you even make the order the other really cool thing about Framebridge as well is all shipping is free I that is like nonsensical to me in my mind truly shipping for free what a rarity in my life I know I actually recently made a a Mother's Day video where I did like a bunch of different ways that we can celebrate our moms this year. And one of them, like I'm telling you as if you didn't actually create the (laughs) original artwork, one of them was to like draw a picture for the more like, you know, painter, creative art type, Uh, paint a picture or draw a picture for your mom and then frame it. And I think that a really good way to get that to your family right now is sending it out to Framebridge so that they can send it like straight to your to your parents. All of our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use the code approachable. That's 15% off your first order at framebridge.com when you use promo code approachable. Thanks so much Framebridge. Um but I actually was trying to learn more about like inflation and like the economy and stuff like that because I I really struggled with the idea of inflation even before this like I didn't understand it um but basically the the like the what I was learning was that the economy like works on a flow and if you stop purchasing things the money stops flowing and Mm -hmm. so it's like it needs to go like this but if you're then hoarding your money yeah nothing's being like purchased and then that's when the economy like capitalism yeah yeah (laughs) um anyway for anybody who actually studied economics i'm so sorry for that entire segment they're like oh oh." (laughs) yeah i know there's gonna be people in the comments that are like great try Alyssa." but (laughs) actually and i appreciate that please do i'm i'm fully admitting that i know zero (laughs) about economy and she knows far more than i do because i'm like why don't we just shut it down (laughs) let's just stop everything yeah (laughs) It's, it sounded like a viable Yeah. Don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, yeah. I, I'm from what I was like trying to read, that's what made sense to me. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do know that like the people, the like there's quite a few landlords who are like helping with like reducing rent. And in Canada, there's um, rent relief. Rent relief and stuff like that. And uh, I do, I don't know, not to make this political, but I just, I do feel like Canada like had a good response for their citizens oh I think it's fantastic I I think that like um I mean I just feel like it always needs to be said that there's obviously like areas of Canada that are forever underserviced and um our indigenous people is like it like just a gigantic chunk of that yeah um so I'm you know I'm sure that they continue to be underserviced in this circumstance but um I feel like generally speaking the response has been fantastic like Trudeau does um for those of you guys that don't know because you don't watch Canadian politics (laughs) um, because it's very boring um Trudeau does an address every single morning throughout the week so then he kind of tells us like where we're at um he answers questions he talks about any kind of new like relief that they have um and so almost every single day he's come out with a new like something more that they're doing something more that they're offering whatever kind of thing and even things like I mean it, it might seem so trivial to some people but to me, I like I respected this so much because at one point he came um, forward with uh, I want to say it was five hundred million dollars. I don't know for, if it was quite that for much. art. Hold on, let me look it up really quickly. Fifty million sounds more. No, five hundred million for arts. Uh, five hundred million to arts, culture, and sports sectors. 
Oh, okay. That makes more sense if it's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just thought that was interesting that he did that at all. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, I, I could very easily see how people would be like, of all the things to put money towards, like, why is it this? Um, but it's just like, you know, like, these... All of these people that, like, make up Canada is what makes up Canada. Right. And so all of these people contribute to, you know... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Our society and our culture and, and all that kind of stuff, and it's like they, they don't deserve to be left in the dust just because they're doing something that's like not as traditional or it's not something that's seen as like one of our major exports, like oil and stuff like that that isn't the only industry that exists in Canada. Right. And so I thought that that was just interesting because it's like, you know, that to me, that was like ballsy. Like that was yeah. ballsy to be like, yeah, no, this is important as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like the response has been, that, I've been like very impressed. That kind of pisses me off though. Cause how much did he allocate for indigenous people? Wasn't it only like five fucking million dollars though? I'm pretty sure from the, that was very early in the beginning, but I'm not sure if it's changed. Let me just quickly look it up. Not that I feel like the arts and sports and stuff don't deserve that, but if that's such like a big gap, mm -hmm. that would like. Um, okay, so. Uh, <clears throat> so March 18th, this is from um, 300 million, over 300 million earmarked for indigenous communities as Justin Trudeau unveil, unveils COVID-19 relief measures. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, that was when he he. Um, unveiled $82 billion response package. Um, of that, $305 million was for Indigenous communities. Um, and then just now, April 22nd, um, he announced $75 million more um, in pandemic aid for Indigenous students. Okay. <clears throat> um, uh, and then six days ago, um, it says promises relief for Indigenous small business, but I don't know that he's actually allocated that. Uh, okay, okay. So he says um, he promises up to $306.8 in funding for small and medium-sized Indigenous businesses uh, at his daily briefing on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is, like, hard. I feel like if ever you're going to get into an argument with somebody, it's about this shit. What? <laughs> like, about what's going on now. Is like. Oh, yeah. Like, even... Do you want to talk about some of those arguments? Oh, gosh. Maybe. <laughs> um... I don't know. I think that it's just hard because you come to realize how differently people think to you. Mm. Um, and there's, I feel like there's people who look at the news and look at things and then dig deeper to like find like facts and then can, can kind of like form their own opinion through taking in other forms of um, media. So this is something that I came to realize about Facebook. Okay, just bear with me. So I don't, I, well, I do. This have, is all going to come together. Yeah, it is. It will. So I deleted my Facebook, but what I've kind of realized is with Facebook, from, from what I understand, you have your friends and then you see what your friends are posting. So say you created your Facebook in your hometown. So now all of your friends are like from your hometown when you were like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17. So you're ingesting information from those people from that time. Yeah. And you can, like, you could have added other people and stuff like that. But generally speaking, they're going to have similar thought patterns as you because you connect with them, like, you know, like-minded people. Well, and you're from the same area. You're experiencing a lot of the same things. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Whereas I feel like places like Reddit 
which can be a brutal place for sure. Um, but what I like about Reddit about like the popular page is that a lot of what I see is not, is not generally like what my friends would be posting or anything like that. And so I'm able to ingest information that I might not have otherwise ingested, Mm. right? Like it's not curated for me based on like my political opinions or whatever. It's like a, a gathering of all of these political opinions from other people, especially in the comments and stuff. And I feel like Reddit is pretty good, not sponsored by Reddit, but <laughs> I feel like Reddit is pretty good about like sourcing their, citing their facts because people will tear them apart in the comments if they don't cite their facts. And then if that source is incorrect, the comment next is like, this is actually incorrect. Yeah. Whereas on Facebook, it's like, one of your friends can post a meme, a political meme, and then everybody is like chiming in on it being like, yeah, exactly. And then there might be like one person who's like, well, I don't think that way. But it's like, basically it goes unsighted and, yeah. and un, um, like unchecked basically, right? It's just like, and then you can scroll past it so fast and now that becomes true in your mind because you're ingesting that information. And so what, what I think is really dangerous about that is that you're not, if, if you don't have an inquisitive mind already to be like, hmm, I should... I should check into that instead yeah. of just being like, oh, yeah, like that looks like it's bullshit. Like if you just scroll past a headline of, of say, Trump saying that you should inject disinfectant and then you're already somebody who doesn't trust the media, you're like, oh, there goes the media again trying to like yeah. hate on Trump. But you didn't actually watch the clip or anything like that. Whereas I feel like platforms like Reddit, um, they make you more inquisitive and they kind of teach you almost how to like like cite your sources and stuff because you can't get away with it without yeah (laughs) basically so anyway that was my long-winded way of kind of saying um I think that it's interesting seeing people with different types of um thought patterns and and ways of like ingesting information because I I don't think that I'm like the end-all be-all I don't think I know everything but I don't mind changing my opinion and which is not really opinion because it's like based on fact it's still my opinion though but like (laughs) I don't I don't mind like like changing my route of information if I feel like it has come from a a source. And I think that, you know, with a developing um, situation like this, you know, they, they were saying like, don't take Advil. And then they're like saying, take Advil. So obviously my, my facts on it are going to change, but it's interesting being around people who won't change even when, (laughs) even when like shown the facts basically, and they keep going back to things and you have to, you know, bring up other facts and you're like, okay, you're comparing this to SARS, which is like, it's not even on the same freaking like scope. Yeah. You, you can't really compare those two, um, both coronaviruses. And that's the other thing is that this, this was labeled the coronavirus, which is obviously reductive because yeah, it is a, a coronavirus, but SARS is a coronavirus. The influenza is a coronavirus. I think it just became like <clears throat> such a like colloquial, like colloquially known term for it yeah but that that again yeah and um you know SARS though um extremely deadly was nowhere on the scale of infection Mm -hmm. here as well and we didn't see the numbers and you know people saying like the numbers just aren't there the numbers aren't there well then you're not looking for them (laughs) well and also like I mean there's so many people arguing that like the numbers aren't there because like we haven't even done enough testing and stuff like that and it's like but if that's what you're arguing then what you're essentially saying is that the numbers are actually higher than what we're projecting. Yeah. So like you're still arguing against yourself. But yeah. I, I do think that it's like it's always kind of unsettling in like things like this where, you know, like obviously this is very polarizing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It is kind of unsettling sometimes to be like, 
holy fuck, like some of the people I surround myself with feel and think very differently than I do. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't realize until like this moment how like fundamentally different we really are. And like, it, it yeah. is kind of like, it's, it's like very like upsetting. And I think that already, you know, we're all in such like an uncomfortable space. It's all really like, we don't know what's going on. We're all nervous. It's all like, we're all very unsure. And then on top of that, it's like, I think that a lot of people are really, um, you know, coming to find out that some, some people in their circle aren't <laughs> really who they thought they were. Yeah. And, and that's scary for people. Yeah. And obviously like, we don't want to like start a debate in the comments or whatever. Um, because there, there are things that people who think very differently than me have brought up that I'm like, okay, I see your point there. Yeah. Um, specifically one is with the, um, mortality rate. The thing that they were saying about testing is that if we were testing everyone who even possibly had it, um, because obviously they're, they're allocating the tests at like on a triage basis, right? So like who is the, in the most dire, right? Like if you just have symptoms, they want you to stay home sort of thing. At, at least that was the last thing that I saw unless you like have trouble breathing and stuff. But they're telling you to like isolate. Um, they were saying if they tested everybody across the board, the mortality rate would be lower, which probably is true because there would be more people recovering than, yeah. um, you know, dying. Um, but regardless, the amount of people who have died doesn't change. And, and to me, that's what's important is yeah. like the actual people that we're losing. Uh, another thing was people were saying that they were lumping um, COVID-19 in together with pneumonia. And I, I don't know if that's true because I'm not a, a a healthcare professional and I'm, I don't know, but, um, I could see how that is the case. Um, but also that kind of makes sense to me because if COVID causes pneumonia and they die from it, it's like, well, is it, is it pneumonia? Yes, but it's pneumonia caused by. Well, it was aggravated by that thing. And so even people that are saying like, well, they actually died because they had, you know, underlying whatever condition. And it's like, right, but they were alive until they had Right. COVID and then that obviously aggravated those things and then led to like death right. so I I just I agree with you on that like I, I think that that it makes perfect sense to have those deaths be included because right to me that is like attributed to right that yeah but I don't know I think the one thing for me like that I struggle to <laughs> but try to do is that like I I try to always remember like where like why it's easier for me to like feel the way that I do based on like what my privileges are like what my right. lifestyle is all that kind of stuff so obviously yeah like it's easy for me to say like that I think that we should all stay in lockdown because like I'm still like comfortable financially and like I work from home so it doesn't really impact me in that way right. and you know like I don't have dependents I don't have like a family that I'm caring for and all that kind of stuff so it's a lot easier for me to kind of like sit here and say like yeah we should all just be in lockdown guys like when you know there's people that are really really struggling and the only way that they are able to like help themselves is through working right and so I, like like you said earlier like I just think it is it is hard to know what the right thing is and mm -hmm. Even um, a lot of people have been bringing up, you know, how different corporations have been like letting go of employees and the way they've been going about that and stuff like that. And um, one thing that was like pretty like highly publicized within the beauty community was how Sephora was letting go of employees. Oh, wow. So they, um, in the States specifically, um, they had a like Zoom call, I'm pretty sure, with um, like a lot of their, I think it was like their on-call and seasonal staff, if I recall. Um, 
and they just like let them go over this zoom meeting and no one could like ask questions like it was just kind of like bye see you later Mm -hmm. um and that was it and people were like really really upset about it and then all these people were saying that like like boycott sephora boycott sephora but it's like but is that the right response because like ultimately they're getting let go for a reason Mm -hmm. they weren't let go before this they're let go now so what took place that like required for Sephora to be letting these employees go and like it's just like loss of income and like the loss of like ability to be sustaining the same amount of sales sales that they had before this happened so it's like if we boycott Sephora then that's like simply put it's just going to result in more people losing jobs right and like a lot of people have been like yeah but CEO should be you know whatever CEOs should do a lot of things that they don't do because they're assholes. <laughs> yeah, and didn't do it in the first place, so. <laughs> yeah, and, and like ultimately yeah. it's just like, you know, I, I hate to generalize, but like most CEOs are in the position that they're in because they're not fucking afraid to step on toes. Yeah. And they're not, they're, they, they're not like so morally just that they, you know, don't see it as appropriate to make the amount that they make, you know? So I just, I don't know that we can rely on like one person like letting go of their salary salary rather than you know, like continuing to stimulate the economy because that is just like the way that our society is set up. So mm-hmm. it's hard with that because it's like, no, like you don't want to support these companies that go about things the wrong way. But at the same time, it's like, but that's so many more jobs that are like at a potential to be lost because we're not wanting to support these companies. Yeah. It's just kind of like a vicious cycle. Yeah. It's hard because I've I've heard of like much smaller companies uh notifying their employees in other ways that I think are just like so ridiculous yeah and that was my immediate thing too is I'm like I don't want to support that company anymore like that makes me really angry Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day yeah I see what you're saying is like if you if we're not supporting you know there there's real humans behind (laughs) well and that's the thing it's like you know it's so easy to look at a company like Sephora that just is like seen as this like like giant in the industry and be like, well, those fucking guys. And it's like, yeah, but then there's literal thousands of like little guys that are holding this up. And so, you know, is it wrong or right? <laughs> yeah, like maybe not like the best way that any of these companies are set up, but like it just is what it is. And so, you know, I, I want to be able to continue to support those people. And a lot of people have asked me as well, like how I feel about supporting Amazon during this time because it's like those are all people that are also having to go to work and potentially getting sick just to like keep that going but it's like it's the same thing like it's just so hard because it's like no I don't want people having to go to work and get sick but at the same time like I also do want people to be able to like live their lives and like get out of this on the other side it's just what is the right thing to do like is there an answer to that I don't know yeah I think moreover with Amazon specifically which like I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't shop on Amazon. I I do. Um, But I think the specific thing with them is that their working conditions are like so horrific and like what they expect of their employees. And and they've been that, (laughs) you know, like that. I I don't know that that and I I haven't like read anything about whether or not it's changed, but it has been that way. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like it's just like of, of all the times to like speculate and be like upset about like how companies are run it's like to be honest like these companies have always been run this way yeah as horrific as it is it's just like so much more highly publicized now because it's happening on such a larger scale but a lot of these companies just are fucking pieces of shit and it's just (laughs) to me it's just kind of like what's what's the bottom line and I feel like it is these like workers like they are they are the bottom line of like who who is getting impacted the most because even if like Sephora went under would it be the CEO paying for it no yeah like he would probably still walk away 
like a multi 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 millionaire whatever yeah so you know yeah well and and I think something that is positive about like social pressure not like boycotting but like social pressure is that I am seeing a lot of companies who did do what I deem to be the right thing Mm -hmm. and I don't think that they would have made those decisions unless it was from a PR standpoint I really don't um because oftentimes it's not the the like it's about the negative impact yeah not because they're like so morally sound yeah I was gonna say it's not like the best financial choice for them but it's it is in the long run because Mm -hmm. they know so I I I don't know is social pressure hard when it like happens to me sure (laughs) but I (laughs) I I, don't like it (laughs) no no but I do think that it like makes us better people because oftentimes um what is being like socially pressured is like what I deem to be the right thing oh for sure um and so there were companies who were like paying their workers uh like I know a lot of restaurant companies that were paying their workers throughout like the last week or two weeks or whatever that they were supposed to be working Mm. and then laid them off so that they could apply for EI and they made it a really simplified process for them they like sent them the links and everything like that and yeah so I I do see like those kind of positives um but yeah I don't know boycotting's a hard one for me I don't know it's a hard one for me too because I feel like it it's I just feel like there's usually so much more to it than that Mm -hmm. And, and even like you just pointed out with like having to lay off employees for them to be um eligible for EI it's like that's that's a huge one and like unfortunately like if you just kind of kept them on the line then like they couldn't apply for EI and then they also wouldn't be working yeah well and that's the thing is like they could schedule you for like a couple of shifts where you wouldn't be making like like say like servers and stuff like that right like they like packing up takeout for like twelve dollars an hour or whatever minimum wage is here it's like that's a lot different yeah um than you know receiving EI and again EI is not going to be uh, the same as what your income normally would be. But if it's more than, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like whatever is better offered. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. And yeah, again, we have a very different like situation, but I, I do like feel like I pride myself on like thinking about other people and trying to Mm -hmm. reach out to hear about how other people are affected. Um, and for the restaurant industry, obviously I was really close to it. So I know like what that's looking like. Yeah. What it's looking like there, but yeah (laughs) it's a fucking time man like honestly it's hard to talk about it's hard to think about like if I actually think like sit down and think about it like I the excuse me like if I actually consider that cough dry or moist (laughs) oh it was a fucking moist one (laughs) that's actually something else that I should say um about my anxiety is that it's really hard for me to go out in public even not obviously non-essential but like to the pharmacy and and grocery stores and stuff because I'm trying so hard not to clear my throat and not to cough um (laughs) dude seriously like it it gives me so much anxiety because I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable yeah but it's like it truly is like what I have to do and it's it's such a weird thing that like it was it was eh before because people always thought I was sick but it's not like it is now and I really try to be respectful about like making sure I'm just like swallowing as much as I can (laughs) instead of like coughing it up but damn dude that's like fucking crazy anyway what was I gonna say before that um oh yeah anyway what I was gonna say is like it's it's hard for me to like sit down and actually think about like the huge like ramifications and like even yesterday I was going into the thoughts about like young young children at this time like if this goes on for too long like 
because kids are exposed to like normal amounts of like bacteria and stuff like that in their adolescence are kids potentially going to be growing up with like lesser immune systems because of it like I literally was going down a freaking rabbit hole in my brain (laughs) and I just feel the need every worst case scenario (laughs) at once it's like a worst case scenario Sunday (laughs) yeah and obviously like with my limited knowledge of like all of these things because I'm not a doctor I'm not a nurse like I have no you know what I mean but just like from what I've ingested Mm -hmm. information wise um but I think that it's hard too because like as somebody who struggled with like substance abuse and stuff like that it's like the reason for that is like escapism and there's it's it's easy to go back to like your escapism like route like things like alcohol and stuff like that and I've been seeing that a lot online um people drinking a lot and like kind of like normalizing drinking and not that I'm trying to like sit here on my high horse being like you shouldn't drink but it it is kind of like sad for me to see because I I know that people were like drinking a lot before but I'm just kind of seeing this like send a shot take a shot like that kind of stuff yeah and I am actually getting more dms as well about people who are saying that they're like things are are going poorly for them and like trying to make a change but while in isolation um and I'm so thankful that I'm at this point in my sobriety where it's like it I haven't been struggling with it thankfully um but I know that there's people who probably are in different points of their sobriety. And this is a huge hit for that because like if you can't do the things that you were normally doing for your escapism. Well, um, and have a, having your like regular support system as well around you. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. And like therapy and stuff like that. Like that's extremely hard. And, you know, even for me with like the gym and stuff which might sound so silly to some people, but like it really was like something that was helping me Mm -hmm. even in the beginning. Like I was feeling so low and like so unmotivated and stuff like that. Well, it's something else, right? Like it's just something to be filling your time. Yeah. And when I was in my first like two or three months, um, what our therapist told me was that like boredom was like such a killer Mm. for addiction. And that's, that's huge, right? Like sitting on the couch and you're like, well, I'm just sitting here anyway. I could be sitting here like buzzed or, you know, smoking weed or whatever like your um like vice or like path might be um I think that it's really easy to kind of lean on that and it makes me like hurt for those people as well yeah yeah it's it's a it's like such a tough situation again like it it is like really scary to think about that and honestly also like going down like a rabbit hole again it's just like in the event that like anything happened to these people, it's like, would you be able to like get help as easily as well? Kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know that you would right now. Yeah. Which is also scary. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> hopefully we don't get into for like fear mongering. It's, it's just honestly like honest thoughts that are coming to like my mind. Well, and I think that again, it's like, you know, it, I, I think that a lot of people are having the same thoughts and like you know worrying about like the long-term effects and how it's going to impact them and their family and their friends and you know the the world like on like a massive scale because like it's just this is this is huge and I think it's way bigger than any of us could have um seen from the beginning anyways as well because even when we did our podcast not that I wasn't like taking it seriously or I didn't think it was important but it was like it felt so different at that point than it does now like this feels like so dire and so intense and so like holy fuck like what are we gonna do in comparison to like you know when there was 175,000 cases and we were like holy shit like this is a big deal that's so <laughs> we didn't even think about I feel the same way as we did when we made that podcast I don't know oh, what really? it was about me but like I you remember how obsessed I was with you it a I bad was like, feeling yeah well not even a bad feeling but I just took it like I was like this is what's happening now 
Like I didn't, it's not that I was trying to make it something that it wasn't, but in, yeah, I did. Yeah, I guess I did have a feeling. I was just like, this yeah. is a thing and I, th- I, I need think to it, like get ahead of it. <laughs> yeah, like I think it didn't feel completely real to me yet because even when we were recording that podcast, um, you know, like our life was still like moderately normal like our grocery stores were still pretty normal like people were starting to like panic buy and stuff like that but it was still like relatively normal and then it's like every week that I went to the grocery store after that there was like some new layer of something like okay now you have to all stand out the store outside of the store and wait to come in because there was only this many people allowed in at one time and then there was like huge plexiglass between you and the cashier and um just like you know there's always something different now every time I go that it's really like unsettling and for me that's what kind of like solidifies like oh this is very real Mm -hmm. um and something that I noticed too from like when I was younger to now growing up and also like traveling and being in different places of the world I noticed that like it's really hard for me to um relate to like a lot of world events just because like we are so kind of like sheltered in Canada when Mm -hmm. it comes to like our politics and um you know the things that we deal with as like as a society generally speaking um and you know like terrorism attacks and all of these kind of like crazy things that happen all over the world it's like a lot of that isn't going on in Canada Mm. so I felt like I always really struggled to relate to those things and when I started traveling more um it, it all of those things started to hit me like I went to New York for the first time and I was talking to a lot of the people there I should say they were talking to me about it I wasn't like hey guys what do you think about 9-11 but right, like right. people were talking to me about how they were impacted by 9-11 and I was it felt so real to me so suddenly right um and same thing I went to Paris like really shortly after the um attack at the Bataclan and I was staying right across the street from the Bataclan And that was like a really unsettling experience for me as well and just made it all very real. So I think talking about it and reading about it is like one thing for me and I can obviously like empathize and be like, this is scary. Seeing it in person and like being around it and being like, oh, this is very different. Like that, that feels so much more like it just really like solidified things for me over the past couple weeks. Yeah, I it's it is true. Travel opens up your mind so much and And I think that we have like become desensitized to a lot of it. Like there's for sure, you know, there's I'm not going to go into it because I don't have enough information on all of the horrific things that are going on in the world. But even this is going back. But even in my grade 10 English class, my teacher had traveled around um, different areas and different continents and stuff. And she was helping in like uh, like impoverished and and kind of like war torn countries and stuff like that. And even like seeing the pictures that she was showing and like hearing her stories and stuff like that made me feel so much more Mm. for that than like you know because you have a link now like you have something that's like bringing you into it personally kind of thing yeah and it was crazy like I remember I remember specifically after I had English one time we came to drama and I, I think I was talking to you about it and I was just like so like distraught about it I can't remember where it was if she was talking about the genocide in Darfur or like what it was it was it was something like specific and I was just like I can't believe this is happening and like there's nothing that I'm doing about it Mm -hmm. but it's like but but like I wasn't doing anything about it before but now it just felt like it felt so real and I think that like travel really does um open your eyes to a lot of it whereas yeah like you said we're kind of like generally speaking in a bubble over here in in Canada and especially in um North America well and I think when you feel um it's sort of like when you are ignorant to something you're ignorant to Mm -hmm, it and mm -hmm. that's just really all it is and like a lot of people aren't choosing to be ignorant but it's sort of like when you're made aware of something it's really hard not to like give yourself that call to action and be like well how am I not 
I should be doing my part. And I think that's just human nature. Like as soon as we're like, oh, this is like the gravity of the situation. Like this is what we're actually dealing with. And I can't pretend to like have my eyes closed on it anymore. I think that that's just like why we see so many people stepping up to the plate. And like, I will just say as like a positive kind of (laughs) ending here, um, I think, you know, so when my brother had his car accident, anybody that's new, my oldest brother was in like a very like life-changing car accident. He has a brain injury. It was like a whole thing. Um, The one positive thing that came out of that for me personally was that like I really got a chance to see like how much like our community was willing to step in. Like there was people like mowing our grass and making dinner for us and like, you know, just really going out of their way for our family, Mm -hmm. like offering to work at our store for free. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And, And to me, it was like, I felt like okay like really cradled by this sense of community um and I and I do think that that's something that's really uplifting to see is all of these people like jumping in how they can like I've seen a lot of different you crying yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to pass it off like I wasn't (laughs) yeah 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 um but you know like I've seen a lot of different like um like Etsy sellers like changing whatever they were doing before to like sew masks and send them to um hospitals for free and stuff like that and just just people like shifting gears and being like how can we help you know yeah um and I know that a lot of cosmetic factories which actually this was kind of surprising to me I don't know why I think just because I feel like they're all pieces of shit but like um (laughs) a lot of like the major like designer um factories started making hand sanitizer instead of perfumes and stuff like that and a lot of breweries too yeah and like and, and I just think to me like that's really it's it is uplifting to see like humans just like stepping in and being like yeah okay we're gonna just do what we can because obviously this is scary and it's impacting everyone and even if some of those things are you know like PR moves or you're doing it to be considered an essential business or whatever it's just like it's still still helping it's still something like it's still something to do with your hands you know like and just be like okay like let's what what can be done here so I, I think that that is you know it's always uplifting to see people just like stepping in and and providing in any way that they can well and and that's the thing too is like we can step in and we can help and we're doing that by like staying home yeah and I think that a huge like thank you to the like our fellow like neighbor for doing that if you're able to right like if uh, obviously if you're an essential worker and stuff like that again a huge thank you um but I think with all of this talk about like and focus about the protests and stuff like that it's like that's it's very negative mm. watching that. But what, what I haven't been highlighting in my own brain, in my own mind, is all of the people who are staying home and who yeah. are, you know... Um, the silent sa- heroes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, they're sacrificing. They're making huge sacrifices mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, like, stop the spread of the virus. And, yeah. and so a huge thank you goes out to everybody who is doing their part in that way. Um, and then obviously, like a huge thank you to healthcare workers and essential workers. And I mean, I, I, even when I go to the grocery store, I often get the same guy at the grocery store and it kind of like feels weird, but like, I just kind of like shoot him like a glance of like a thank you because I did read something on Reddit where a grocery store worker was like, it feels uncomfortable and people thank me. So mm. I don't want to like specifically thank them, <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like, I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable, but I love you. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, you, you are out here and, and I know that like, there's a lot of essential workers who aren't being properly compensated, which is like a huge other thing, um, that I think is really important. But again, just like it, 
I don't want anyone to think that it's not going unappreciative like me sitting here in my home Mm. it's like I am so grateful and I'm so grateful for like you staying at home and you know other people in the world like people who are like such close-knit families who don't live together who aren't seeing each other like that's a huge sacrifice yeah and you're making it to like for, for the greater good basically um, well and that's the thing it's like you're not only looking out for yourself but by doing so you're looking out for everybody that you could potentially come in contact exactly. with. exactly and that's yeah. like I mean really you could say that you're saving thousands of lives yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah good so, on you <laughs> yeah so anyway that's where we've been yeah we've been doing that playing Animal Crossing and just, just stressing in general <laughs> just catastrophizing <laughs> yeah. as per <laughs> no no but I do I do think to yeah to end this on a good note I do think that we will come out of this and I think that there has been like great tragedy and there will be great loss but um I like I see an end where is the end I don't know but I I see an end in like a resurgence of like a new normal again yeah um and I'm excited for it and I'm just like waiting what's your thing like what are you gonna do when you get out uh I kept saying that I was just gonna go to the gym but I don't know that that's true because I think that it will be like a really slow integration back but um when things are like 100% back to normal I'm gonna freaking crush it at the gym and I'm gonna get a goddamn massage <laughs> is <laughs> that so much to ask because <laughs> my back is sore and there's like I didn't get massages that often before but like I am allocating, due. <laughs> yeah I'm allocating a serious hour to a deep tissue massage yeah fair enough <laughs> what about you what are you gonna do oh man I'm so excited to go back to restaurants that's like my shit. really oh fuck Alyssa I can't even, even describe for me dude I just like it is like truly one of like God's greatest gifts, <laughs> the <laughs> restaurant industry. I just like, I, I fucking, I love eating out. I like getting to try like different types of food and stuff like that. And just like food makes me so happy. And like, you can only eat so much of like home cooked meals, you know, and I'm so fucking sick of cleaning my kitchen. <laughs> Dude, see, that's my thing is like, sorry to keep this going on for so goddamn long, but let's really drag it out. Yeah. <laughs> But I, food makes me happy too, but I like making food, like cooking new food. I don't mind cooking food, but like sometimes a bitch just wants to sit down, Yeah, you know, and be (laughs) cooked for. Yeah, that's fair. That's how I feel. It's probably because I was in the restaurant industry for so long that I'm like, yeah. You're over it? Yeah, I ate a lot of restaurant cooked food in my life. I'm just not over it. And now I'm going to appreciate it more than ever. Yeah. So, you know, and I also think traveling will be like kind of like a fun thing when we're allowed to do that again who knows when that'll be yeah who knows but it would be nice to like sit on a beach now that it's taketh away I'm like you're ready to travel oh but I want to (laughs) I was like not like in the mood to travel at all before this and now that I can't I'm like but you want what you can have why not (laughs) yeah I want to change my answer actually probably the beach if it's summer which like that's a little optimistic but if it's summer I want to go to the beach I love the beach She's going to go to the beach. Yeah, I want to go swim in the, not the ocean really, but I want to swim in the lake. I want to swim generally. Eat cake by the ocean. That seems like a good place to end it. Oh, I, I was like, what? I, I thought you were saying that it's like the beach is a good place to do something. And no. I was like, what are you getting at? What are you like? I was just saying like, eat your... cake by the ocean. And yeah, that's like... a really good ending. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like we really went on and on. That felt really natural, <laughs> that ending for me. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for another season. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. I'm sweating, man. It's hot up here.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.